guys and girls and everybody. This is Lissa Mandel from the Bitch Seat Podcast. As some of you may know, we are a part of the Atlantic Transmission Network, which is a network that puts out all kinds of great podcasts. A great way to support our show and our sister shows is to visit theatlantictransmission.com and click on the Amazon link at the top of the homepage. It's all the same great Amazon stuff at the same great price, but we get a small piece for sending you there. So if you want to keep shows like The Bitch Seat going, keep us happy, then, uh, you know, throw in your pennies. You don't even have to pay anything extra. Hey, campers. Hey, campers. <laughs> Welcome back to the... Welcome. Okay, you're screaming. <laughs> Go ahead. Can you turn down Phil's mic? <laughs> please don't. Please don't Fox News me. <laughs> um, it's the Bitch Seat Podcast. Uh, this is Lissa. This is Phil. And we are back after a long hiatus of, of not uh, <sighs> recording one together. It feels so good. It feels good to be back. It feels good to be back. I hope we can get on a schedule of doing these a little bit more consistently. We will. Uh, but if you're just joining us, this is the Bitch Seat. Uh, it's a, an adult show and tell. You can find us on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. On Twitter at the... Underscore, bitch underscore. Seat. On Instagram at, at the, bitch the Bitch Seat. On Facebook. And we encourage you to please, please subscribe. Download episodes, even if you delete them right after. It's cool. Just trying to get our numbers up so that uh, we can turn this... Uh, frown upside down Listen and up. this hobby into a jobby. When, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that Listen, was an accident. I had a very vivid dream that I w- knocked a Casper mattress ad out of the park. So I really want to get to that. You hit a baseball bat uh, into no, a Casper mattress? No, no. I, I got to do a Casper mattress ad. I got to do an ad. In your the, dream? In my dream. Maybe this is true. Maybe this is false. Who knows? I don't know. But I know that I could rock one if if given the opportunity. You so could. let's get those you subscriptions could. up, people. Sorry, I'm yelling. I'm just excited to be here. I know. I'm excited to have you here. <sighs> uh, today, we have an extremely um, long time in the making guest who uh, who's finally going to get her time. Uh, our dear darling uh, L.A. engineer and, uh, in fact, roommate and dear friend, Veronica, uh, she is going to share some childhood things that I don't know about her yet, which is really cool. Yeah. This is going to um, be a very interesting episode. Yeah. We do a lot of sharing about cur- our current stuff and what we're going through now, but um, we're going to dig into the the treasure trove of youth. Indeed. I don't know who that was. I don't know who that is, but it's okay. She's welcome anytime. Um, listen, uh, I'm going to break out this notebook, this steno notebook. I used to do a lot of journaling from like junior year in the high school through most of college. I, I journaled in steno notebooks, the one with the yellowish greenish pages. Um, and, uh, and I'm going to be reading something from April 17th, 2001, which is my brother's birthday and the anniversary of one Phil Casal and myself. That's right. So Phil. Yeah. What was going on? April uh, 2001. April 22, 2001. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the number, the top songs were I'm Like a Bird. Oh, yes. How could I forget? Um, the Thong Song. <laughs> and it wasn't me. Wait, that was 2001? It wasn't. I it, thought it was. It was indeed 2001. Older than that. 
for some reason. No, it's just it's just been here forever now. Like now it's still a song that you can hear. If you walk down a busy street, you could hear it blaring out of a cell phone store. I hope so. Or a lousy bodega. Out of a Nokia. Uh, yeah, out of a Nokia that still somehow exists. Um, fun fact of a Nokia store. Used to buy drugs from a Nokia store. What? In New York, in the on the Upper West Side. There's a... I'm not blowing up anyone's spot because we don't use that guy anymore. But he used to, uh, yeah, he used to buy used to buy uh, marijuana from from a, a a strange Nokia store that no longer exists. You know, the kind of sad thing about the legalization of marijuana is that those kinds of places are going to fall by the wayside because it's all going to be like you can just walk into a pharmacy and get it. So there's no fun like undercover going against the rules, getting away with stuff. Driving to Patterson, having your friend park the car and be like, "Listen, if I start running, get out of the car and run in all separate <laughs> directions." No, no more of that. Uh, but I do feel like New Jersey will always be a frontier state that hates marijuana. I think I feel like that will always. There's some it's sort because of because they love to hate things. No, not only that, but I think I think that there is definitely an overriding interest in. Uh, and keeping marijuana suppressed it's in New so Jersey. It's so dumb because, you know, I mean, there have been all of these statistics about how the legalization of recreational marijuana in Colorado has provided millions, if not billions, of dollars sure. for the public school system. But they've, they're going to figure, they figured out how to do things with that money. New Jersey sees a lot of money. They just give it to their friends. We like siphon it away. They, that basically, like all of the grants that came from South Jersey, I'm getting way off track. I'm so sorry. But all the stuff that came from South Jersey... Uh, did not go to repairing South Jersey. It, it went to it went to Chris Christie's blimpy sandwiches. Yes, and his private beach and his crisis pants. Anyway, <laughs> um, the top movies at the time. We are living in a world that does not know of nine eleven. But in addition to that, we are living in a world that is only a few days away from knowing about Freddie Got Fingered, starring Tom Green and Rip Torn. Ugh, could have done without that. Uh, Daddy, would you like some sausage? Um, right around that time, I just, uh, I just started doing a little bit about me. Just finished, uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. In which you played? The Pharaoh, a.k.a. Elvis Presley. <laughs> just at the dawn of a resurgence and in interest in Elvis, thanks to the re-release of his single, A Little Less Conversation, as part of the Ocean's Eleven soundtrack. Um, in the UK, in the top ten was Suspicious Minds by Elvis Presley at the time. So... Very interesting. Did you just look that up, or was that in your encyclopedia brain? Uh, I had to look it up to be reminded, but it was in my brain at the time, because I was aware that I was... I Even then, I used to ascribe meaning to things I was doing and in the larger world outside of it, and I knew that there was some sort of uh, an upswing for Elvis Presley's popularity. Sadly, I think now about, what, we're seven, 16 years out of there, I think that he is uh, slowly receding into the annals of history. Which is sort of sad. You don't think he'll pop back out again? Maybe one day he'll pop back out. I mean, out, chokers but... and snap crotch bodysuits have popped back in. So yeah, you never know. I think when we take a break from toxic masculinity for a second, for a hot second, whenever that happens, when we when we move away from that, we can go back to Elvis and be like, okay, huh, all right. Okay, we'll look at it. I don't know. I know so much about him now on, on drugs that I feel bad for him, but I also feel like... He was just he was, a dude. He was just a dude. But people just... Uh, he was a dude that could not be touched. People just icon. How do you? Was it iconographied? Icon. Iconographied I, him to death. <laughs> um, I mean, just people thought he was the second coming of Christ. Yeah, they did. They did. But as, as a result, he could only talk to his barber. Sad. Anyway, uh, just discovered public access television. Just started broadcasting on my local television station. 
Things were looking up. And the 9-11 happened, and I just filmed flags for hours and hours. What? And hours. When 9-11 happened that year, yes. we would just drive around town and film all of the lawns that had American flags. Why? It, it no longer became about my show. It became about America. Were you a patriot? Then I didn't even know. No, I had to do it for the station because that was one of my... I forewent um, lunch that year so that I could work in the TV station because that, was, uh, that became a real thing. Um, you could uh, take a class where you learned how to broadcast and edit on Steambacks and like videolas and stuff, movieolas and stuff that don't matter anymore. Like I don't know what either of those words. It's all is. analog editing. Cool. Yeah, and uh, I took off my lunch so that I could do that, and uh, and that's why I'm intimate with Pop Tarts because that was my lunch for a while. Oh, you have a different relationship with Pop Tarts. See, I love people's origin stories about their love of Pop Tarts. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going to read this. This Do is it. from uh, a trip to Italy that I took my senior year. It wasn't like a class trip. It was a it was a voluntary thing. Uh, not that many people did. It was like maybe 30 or 40, and it was juniors and seniors. And um, we saw several cities in Italy we that to which we traveled by bus, but all of the hotels that we stayed in were not actually in the cities. They were like several miles out of town, just so we were stranded in the middle of nowhere. Oh, God. And uh, I really didn't have any good friends on this trip. I mean, I had acquaintances, but I was so miserable, as you will uh, soon see. So uh, this is... Uh, Kind of just a screed, less than a journal entry, more of a screed. Ooh. From April 17th, 2001. Uh, I'm not an entry. Excuse me. I'm, I'm not an entry, not quite a, not quite a screed? Yes, exactly. Gotcha. Uh, okay, bullet point. Happy birthday, Matt. Miss you. Bullet point. More REM? Look into it. Okay, first of all, I miss my city and my country. God, I didn't realize I was such an American, but damn it, I am. This isn't the Italy I remember from summer 99, anyway. This Italy sucks. This Italy is cold and wet and full of Guilford idiots who are all the same fucking person. Excuse my language. I was always... <laughs> anyway. I swear, last night was the most disgusting display of blatant Guilfordism I've ever seen. Just one drunken, horny party in the boys' room. It was first about the one drink in the hotel bar, which was fine. Fine, good, that was perfectly tasteful. But then smuggling enormous bottles of vodka, tequila, and wine from Rome back to the ghetto hotel and sprawling everywhere, smashed, stupid, people hooking up, the seniors corrupting the junior girls, and everyone being so insanely, rudely loud. I mean, how old are we, five? I don't get how people could one, one minute be so sophisticated, or fake sophisticated, and the next minute moronic babies with no control. I hate fake people. I hate them. And it's not a new concept for me. For me, Daria. But it's been renewed. Which is probably good at this point. I need a smack once in a while. Helps narrow down the colleges, at least. Northwestern, if not Columbia, where I think I'll take the plunge. It's the only not-fake Ivy. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that means. I think there are more me's there, and anyway, it's my city. Just glancing around at the bobbing, shower-wet, sleeping heads reminds me of how much I am not like them. I am different from all of them, and I am fucking tired of tiring myself out trying to impress them. Who cares? Alana would be so proud. Alana was my best friend at the time. She was sadly not on the trip. Sometimes I'll see a spark in one of them, but then any hope seems to fade whenever alcohol or petty boy shit enters the picture. They are so shallow. Hello, assholes, we are in another country, and all you care about is getting so smashed you don't remember it, and getting away with as much as possible? 
I am just so bitter, so angry that I am wasting my vacation here. None of it is beautiful to me. I'm freezing. Anyway, happy birthday, Matty boy. Hope your day is better than mine. Oh my god. <laughs> it goes on. Uh, oh, Jesus. Because I'm on a bus right now, so oh, I'm, I'm so writing this on a bus. Feeling it. All right, go. Oh, wait, here's some Italian countryside. Looks like that summer, like the Swiss mountains, misty, a different sort of green, especially under the gray sky. A radiant sort of green, almost unnatural. What I would give to be next to Jordan on this bus. Jordan was the guy who... Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. He, uh, he at the window, his arm around me, and the sun streaming over our laps. <laughs> Tenor sleeping in the back seat with his giant Toblerone in hand, or looking down the bus aisle at a netting of legs crisscrossing and crisscrossing, and meshed as everyone slept from Paris to Sellingen. Everything was so quiet and golden, and I loved those people because they were real and appreciative and different and not obsessed with getting drunk. What a beautiful summer. I can't believe I have to talk about the other Europe trip when I'm here, when, when here I am in Europe again. It's not the same at all. I love it when they sleep, because then I can feel real and breathe and wake up into living and being sunlight at last. I love you, me. Please don't keep getting stupid and leaving. Okay, that's the end of the screen. All right, there's a few things here. One, you're looking for more me's. So you're looking for more of you. Yeah. And now you're, and now, as Lissa, the adult, you're like, you see yourself in people and you get upset because there's like more of you than you had hoped. I know. It's interesting. In high school and, and before that, I'll, I was just desperate for somebody who could connect with me at all uh, or resemble me in some way. And then once I got into the real world, I was like, shit. Like, the novelty is more valuable to my career, you know, the individuality. But still, it's all tolerable now because there are people with whom I, you know, I have deeply connected who aren't necessarily spitting images of me. But I had had no example prior of what a deep connection could feel like. The only, I was the only example that I had of someone who I could talk to and really get me, (laughs) myself. Interesting. And my best friend, Alana. Of course. Who did get into Columbia? I did not. Other thing you were going to say. Uh, other thing is it's fun to see the <clears> – <throat> there is a disconnect slightly uh, with angry Lissa and the romantic Lissa coming out at, at the end after being suppressed by all the blind anger at all the kids having legal drinking fun. Yeah. Um, it's – I know. It, it's a very much back and forth thing. And uh, it did force me inside myself, but that was ultimately good because – I held on to my own. I knew there was value in myself, even though I was fucking miserable. And every once in a while, it returned to that person. And I kept looking outside myself to try and find, you know, try recognize that spark in other people. And I would get it a little bit, and then they'd just go back to being, you know, teenagers, which they're allowed to do. But, you know, I was never a teenager. I was always an old lady, so. Yeah. Um, I always felt like that on the bus at, at, for for band rides because they would always be playing Remember the Titans. And then everybody would immediately become dumb and loud. And then yeah. when you get off the bus, that's when you can talk to people. When you're on the bus, everyone becomes a fucking idiot. But traveling is so romantic, and I really wanted – here, I want to read one more thing. Is that okay? Can I read one more thing? I don't know. Is it okay? It's I don't your know. show. Is it? I know. Ask, ask Lissa. 
You already I think talked what I wanna, to her. You know what I think I want to do? I want to introduce our guest, and then I'll read this thing so that okay. she can actually talk about it with us. Okay? Let's do it. So um, as, as I've mentioned before, um, our guest uh, is really one of the reasons why it has been a tolerable experience moving to Los Angeles, and she is so wonderful and supportive and just a fucking brilliant improviser. She is on many teams, and so if you ever get the chance to see her somewhere in L.A., UCB or the clubhouse or what have you, and she is also a brilliant podcast engineer. Please hire her, and um, she's just great, and I love her. It's uh, Veronica Gruba. Oops, let's turn this up a little bit. Okay, this is what I was listening to senior year. So, wait for it. Do you eat, sleep, do you breathe me so, anymore? Do you sleep, it's Lisa Loeb. do you count sheep anymore? Do you sleep anymore? Ah, uh, we see Veronica. <sighs> do you God, I, it's so fun to choose like this. Do you fall gracefully into bed We see Veronica anymore. in a rowboat. She's in the middle of a lake. It's golden hour. It's golden hour. She's by herself. You this see the outline of the trees all the way around. She's wearing a hat to cover her her skin from the sun, but also to hide the fact that she's crying. And she's not rowing. She's just letting the current take her. And she's just breathing in the nature and feeling alone. But she knows there's hope. Yeah. She knows there's hope. She's going to find her people. Hi, Veronica. Hi. Thank you for that kind kind intro well, well, <laughs> and also you know, I feel like that was the dream state of me right there you just described the dream state of me in high school oh really yeah oh that's so great yeah I don't know I just channeled the Pacific Northwest I guess yeah I didn't is... do much boating <laughs> <laughs> but a lot of crying and being like no it gets better yeah yeah and um but you were from you were from the Pacific Northwest I am from the yeah. Pacific Northwest and did you live there your whole childhood yeah, I uh, ironically, I don't know if that's the right word, but I r- was born in Los Angeles. What? Uh, yeah, in Thousand Oaks, California. And when I was eight months old, we moved to Washington State. And generally, how did you find Washington State? Was it a place that represented your internal self? I don't know that I knew that there was anything else. Like, I don't know that my... I never really, like, everyone just always lived in Washington. You know, like everyone that lived there, it was very rarely people that moved there. It wasn't like a big transplant place where I lived. So Mm -hmm. I just think I felt like, uh, I always felt like an outsider, but I don't know that I felt like it had anything to do with my location or that there was a place where I belonged. Right. Oh, good. I want you to talk about this a little bit because you've mentioned it before in our house, which is your feeling of being an outsider or of being an alien. Can you talk about when you first, do you remember first having those thoughts, how they came about, how they expressed themselves? I don't, (laughs) uh, well, I've always felt like an outsider because I, I didn't, the things that appealed to other kids didn't appeal to me. And so I, like, I always got better, got along better with the teachers and with parents than I did with kids Mm -hmm. my own age. Mm -hmm. And when I tried to fit in with kids my own age, it often felt like I was just pretending to be something I wasn't. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, no, me too. I'm so into that. And then the whole time I'd just be like, oh, faking it's so boring. Uh, I, th- I feel like the 
beauty of the idea of being an alien, like that clarity of thought didn't come to me till I was older and I could like think of it more poetically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know either. I mean, we've talked about this, but I don't remember almost any of my life before about 20. Um, I have bits and pieces and I remember a lot of like emotional feelings more than actual mm-hmm. memories. And I think when I started to realize how much of my memory was missing was when that idea, I read a book, <laughs> uh, I wish I could remember what it was called, but, uh, it was a book written from the first perspective of this boy that gets taken to the hospital because he has like minor stomach problems, like mm-hmm. bad enough to go to the hospital, but no one thinks he's dying or anything. Mm-hmm. And he goes into the hospital and they end up saying like, we have to put you under. And he wakes up when he's under, um, and which is a true thing that happens, but you're paralyzed if you wake up under anesthesia, so you can't move or mm-hmm. speak. And so he's seeing the doctors around him and his stomach is cut open and um, he can see his stomach and it's all like, like, a motherboard it's like a computer Whoa. inside of him and his blood's like silver a different color it's not mm-hmm. red and he's like what the fuck mm-hmm. um and the doctors are kind of like do we uh keep him and like do studies on him and tell his parents he died essentially like they're having this discussion yeah. and he can hear it and then uh he gets up and he ends up like running away from home and and trying to figure out what he is. The book ends without telling you what he is, but he goes on this like journey to like try to figure out who what the fuck he is. Cool. Yeah. And was that a young adult novel? Yeah, it was a young adult novel. I, I keep wanting to say it's called Blink, but it's not the book Blink, so I right. don't know if it's the same thing. Um, that sounds up my alley. Name. Yeah, I loved it, and it it stuck with me for so long. Like I just think of this idea of me feeling like I am an anomaly, and I feel like I don't fit in so often or I have for so long now I'm finding like ways to connect with people in like deep meaningful ways but when I was younger it just felt like this like am I maybe (laughs) planted onto earth given a couple of memories just enough to convince me that I was from here and then just like let go I mean the memories thing is crazy I mean and you know you're you're finding out now reasons why those memories you know have been suppressed really for your own protection yeah um but before you knew that, it was kind of like, oh, well, this makes sense. I mean, especially with yeah. all the discussion of, like, indigo children or star seeds or whatever. Like, yeah. it, would, it, it would all... Explain it, indigo children. So, I mean, I'm going to butcher this, so you should all Google indigo children. But it's um, the, the idea that there is a... Uh, that there are people, and more, especially more recently, like a generation of children who... Um, are in, celestially in touch who have, like, slightly more supernatural powers or, like, they're usually very, very intelligent and discerning and aware. And, Millennials. <laughs> uh, no, go fuck yourself. No. Um, it's just, like, a heightened... It's a, it's a population of, like, more consciously evolved, I guess, or, mm-hmm. like, more heightened consciousness. Um, and... Uh, people claim that, that they might have their their roots like deeply in a, you know other other planetary alien matter yeah very interesting alien matter but also wouldn't it be so convenient if your true home were not the home in which you grew up if it were in fact on another planet which is as far away as absolutely possible yeah um, that would be a relief yeah would it be a relief. 
Well, given where, given what Veronica, you know, dealt with, and obviously, you brought some specific things to share. And I'm gonna, you've listened to this podcast a lot, and I'm gonna let you kind of lead the direction in which we go because I don't want to, you know, yeah, I'm an open book. I know, but <laughs> well, because you, yeah, yeah, you had a you had a traumatizing childhood. I did. So, so it makes sense that that you try to justify in your brain some way in which you were not a product of that traumatizing place. Absolutely. It's it's a form of escapism. And I think like, like you're saying too, before I knew about anything that had happened as a kid, I just felt the discomfort in my own body of this feeling of like, I don't think I'm supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. And that is like an old, you know, just like a bad voice from childhood. Of course, the feeling of just never belonging, but it it was a sense of relief. It was like, what if it's because my home is like on this cool planet that I'm yeah. the only one that gets to know about? And how cool would that be if I am truly the only one like me, as as opposed to just feeling like there's like a difference between feeling like like unique and so weird that you don't fit in. You know, like if I was just simply a human who couldn't fit in anywhere, wow, what a shitty thing. But if I'm an alien that can't fit in anywhere, it's pretty cool. Right, exactly. I mean, I think that Phil and I could probably both in our own ways relate to the desire to just get the fuck away from the situation because it is cool to be unique. And I definitely knew that I was unique. Phil, I'm sure you knew that you were unique as well, but like... What good is being unique if nobody around you appreciates or understands it? Right. You know, and now we were talking about earlier, like now that we're in this bigger world, if like a situation or like a set of people is not serving us, we can just leave it and go to a different one. But when you're stuck in your middle school or high school um, or your town, uh, you can't you don't have the option of just leaving unless you, you know, hitchhike away. Yeah. For me, it it was, I think I discovered, um, there was this guy who's a few years older than me and he used to wear an army jacket and he had a crew cut and he just didn't give a shit. And I wanted to be like him because every time we would do the, the high school musical rehearsals, he would wear whatever he wanted. He would come out in not his assigned extra outfit because he was a background guy, and because he knew he was leaving. When is this? When I was in high school, uh-huh. my freshman year, and he was, and it left left a lasting impression because I knew that I I knew that I was not like a lot of folks, and I knew that I was thinking of other things. And at the time, my folks were. It was a weird transition because they were stressed out at having to raise my brother uh, while putting us through high school, and he was also like two or three, so mm-hmm. they had that, and so. I was kind of, I didn't want to tell them the horrible shit that was happening to me. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like hid from them at home and then hid in high school. But when I saw him, I thought it was a chance to just face it and whatever happens, uh, I'm going to continue to run away from that too because I don't want to feel But the he pain. was your role model of somebody who briefly. didn't give a shit. Yeah. yeah, very briefly, but it was, it stuck. It stuck enough so that when I went back in my sophomore year, I I had many less fucks to give. That's great. And then discovering, Mm -hmm. like, that summer I was able to do, I finally had, like, a speaking role in a thing, and I was 
and I felt. But a you had bit that, like, kind of. You had that guy as sort of like a north star of your idea of somebody who could be more fully himself in spite of the surroundings. Mm-hmm. I had one of those too. Um, did you have a person like that that you would even somebody that you didn't know personally, yeah. but that you could look to, or some sort of fictional figure? Because I never even spoke to the guy. Like, yeah, if it was I mean, far off. I guess that was the. That book that you were talking about. The book I was talking about, things I read for sure. Like, I can't think of a specific character. I also, uh, <laughs> I've told very few people this in my life, but <laughs> I, when I was in high school and like freshman and jun- freshman and sophomore year of college, I did online role playing. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey. Um, <laughs> like text, text-based role yeah, playing. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. And Psst, Phil still does it. Nice. Once in a while. Why not? It's great. Yeah. I, I was so embarrassed about it for so long, but I'm getting to a point where I'm like, that developed a voice and a, the ability to write with someone else that it couldn't have gotten anywhere else in the mm-hmm. world. And like it developed a lot of my creative voice. But that I think was, I would pretend, it was an ability to pretend to be someone who was just unapologetically themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't know if it might've been just characters I created myself that I was like, I wish I was this girl. Yeah. 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 And 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 it was a way for you to escape your spot without like physically escaping. Yeah. Which, oh yeah. Exactly. Um, which remind which so you were we were talking about earlier before the podcast how uh, you went to um, Germany for a couple of summers. Yeah. For several weeks on end, um, which was another way of escaping. Yeah. And usually people have fantasies about you know going away to another place where nobody knows you, so you can just be whoever you are. But it sort of backfired for you. <laughs> yeah. Um, Well, okay, I went to Germany my the summer of my freshman year of high school and the summer of my junior year of high school. We had an exchange program at my school. So uh, I took German all four years and you could go every other year. Mm -hmm. So the most you could go as a high school student was twice. So I went both times, Um, which still to this day, like, thank you, mom. Like we were not a wealthy family. And my mom went through hoops to afford for me to go. Um, but when I was 14, it was especially hard because I had never been away from my mom for more than a weekend. Yeah. And, but I was so excited to go to a foreign country. So I was homesick. I was so like, I got like physically sick from being homesick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second time, which I brought a journal. So the second yes. time I went, um, was the summer of 2005, which was the summer of my junior year of high school. And, um, we were required to keep a journal. Mm-hmm. That you had to turn in? I don't. I feel like we don't have to turn it in because I think she maybe scanned through it and didn't right. read it because I talk about a lot of weird things in here. <laughs> um, but I'm going to read you an entry. Yes. Excellent. Okay. I found one that's not quite as sad as the ones at the beginning of it. Because I, so last night before going to bed, I was like looking through my journals and like the first six pages are like, damn. Devastating. Like it was what you were saying, like. I'm with these people that I just don't fit in with and I am so far from home and so far from like every journal and trans with, I miss my mom. Um, like I'm so far from my mom and I'm so far from all of the people I know that I like and that like me mm-hmm. and I'm getting picked on and people are mean to me and I'm, you know, thousands of miles away from home. And, Ugh, and the, the experience of going to another country should be so... Um, wonderful and eye-opening and you can't even appreciate it because yeah, of all of this stupid social nonsense. And we're there for, uh, I think it was like 32, 33 days. Quite a while. It is. 
Um, okay, so this is July 23rd, 2005. Three days left. Leah came and woke us up. She said we were driving to Andrick soon. So we got up and dressed. I ate and all that good stuff. <laughs> then her dad, dad drove up. Ugh. Then her dad drove us to Andrix. Corby and Leah came too. So Corby and Leah were my host sister, whose name was also Veronica's younger siblings. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went up and ate with a bunch of people, Steve and Klaus, Jeff, Christian, Brian, Max, Clark, and Andy, and parents. And then we went down to the playground and hung out. Brian tried to ride one of those spring horse things. It was quite funny. <laughs> After that, we went and played mini golf. It was fun. I got three holes in ones in a row. Then we headed home and I tried to sleep but Froni so Froni is the nickname for Veronica in German I'm gonna start calling you that it's cute Froni Uh, I tried to sleep but Froni was watching TV so it was kind of hard we had dinner and hung out at eight Miles host mom came and picked us up and we drove to a hut party a what (laughs) a hut party wait Uh, what's a hut hut party well so we were staying at this uh in this pretty small town in southern Germany and so there was like a lot of farms and all of that. And they, it was literally, so I was 16 and most of the kids were anywhere from, you know, 15 to 18. And they, <laughs> it was literally a hut in like a, a, acres of land and a bunch of teenagers. And they had a bar in the hut. And so they served beer and, and liqueur um, because like a, big, a pretty popular drink there was beer with Kirsch liqueur. Mm-hmm. And that was about it and like they also had like uh whatever their brand of Smirnoff ice was and stuff like that <laughs> but it was like an actual bar that you go up and order i remember the kid was like 13 like he looked young to me and i was 16 at the time and i was like this little kid is like bartending yeah that's how that's how they roll in europe yeah because 14 is uh or 16 is the legal drinking age for beer and wine in germany and 18 is the legal drinking age for hard alcohol but they oh, don't really I thought it was younger than that they don't really enforce they don't really enforce it um, so we go to a hat party. There were us, there was a lot of alcohol there. It was funny. A lot of people came and got drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get drunk, but I drank a lot. Well, not really. I hung out with a lot of people. Some Amis got drunk. Hee <laughs> hee. Amis was the nickname for Americans. And it was all fun. <laughs> Lil told her partner she would kiss a German boy, and we were hanging out with this one guy named Felix who was a hottie. And Lil got him to kiss her. It was so funny. He was so cool. I'd kiss him. <laughs> Anywho, here's a list of the Amis I saw there. <laughs> Andrew, Christina, James, Isabel, Lil, Lauren, Miles, Elise, Helen, Tyler, Lane, Joe, Haley, Stephen, Jeff, Brian, Clark, maybe more. Well, we didn't get home until 1 a.m., but that's fine. I couldn't sleep until about 2.30 or something. And then in parentheses, I came close to telling Andrew I liked him, dot, 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 dot. I'm glad I didn't. I know he doesn't feel the same. Veronica. Oh. <laughs> Uh, see, I totally understand about, like, being an American, but having so much disdain for the other Americans. It's like, oh, you're giving us all a bad name. So, uh, my host sister partner dated one of the Americans the whole time they were there, and that was, like, a big no-no, because they were like, you're going to be heartbroken at the end of it. Just enjoy the trip. Like, don't get into a relationship, because you can't, you're not going to be together. I know, but hormones. I know. So, she dated this guy, and so the last, like, three days... In America, she was like, or in Germany, she was so emotional. Of course. It was just like so sad. And I have this. God? Hello? It wasn't, it wasn't the mics. I think they're just moving a big oh, piece of machinery. Oh, it sounded like a phone ringing. I know. Yeah. Um, 
I remember one of the last days, there was another, there was a bar, I, was, I think it's called Sued House that we would go to, which another thing felt straight out of a movie. It was like filled with snow, smoke inside of it. Everyone was so young, like pimply faced teenagers drinking big steins of beer <laughs> <laughs> and smoking. Yep. Um, we would go there pretty frequently because it was in walking distance from her house. And the last night we went there and it was like really sad and everyone was crying. And then we got outside and it was pouring rain, like torrential downpour rain. And I remember walking home and it being so wet that you couldn't tell that my my friend was crying, that Frony was crying. Like Aww. there was just like so much rain and tears and it was so sad and we had like we walked in the door and had to get naked immediately upon walking in and like put towels on because we were dripping like that's how wet it was man i don't remember what that feels like rain (laughs) am i I right rain but no i don't even think we had that much rain to deal with uh in the last year that we were in new york really do you you remember i don't remember rain what is rain is that water (laughs) what's water (laughs) what is this um the, the the listeners can't see obviously, but Veronica bought a jar with her, oh, okay. like a cute um, like yes. cross stitch thing on top and a ribbon, and it's got all kinds of ephemera inside. It the thing says trust your heart. Yes. Yeah, so this the top I made in my oh, eighth I grade. Wait. I want a picture. Thank you. I made the lid in my eighth grade home economics class. You had home ec. I thought home ec stopped in like the 1950s. No. Moved to a farm town. We didn't have one. We, we had home ec. You did? April, see, April 2002. It was an option. Ah, but see, what's great is that, uh, listeners, um, Veronica still makes, um, what, do you, what are they cross called? Stitch. Cross stitch. Yeah. It is cross stitch. Little cross stitches that are so cute. And well, they, you. Um, you can commission her to make one of whatever you want. Yeah. 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 Um, but the inside is mostly little things I picked up in Germany, but there's a few other things in here. So like, uh, there's a little nutcracker ornament and kinder eggs were really popular mm-hmm. and you would pop them open and there was a little toy inside. I love kinder eggs. So I have one of Mr. Frost. Ah. Oh, he looks like an alien here. Frozone. Frozone. Yeah. Mr. Frost. Um, and then I have a Lego from the Legoland in Germany. Oh, nice. Cool. Um, and I have these, I loved tiny things. I Me still love too. them. So there's like a duck. A bear, a zebra, and a turtle. These are all handmade. Oh, my God. And then... Um, oh, wow. That's a rare piece of the Lego place. I know. Isn't that cool? Oh. Uh, a goat? So I, we went to a town where, like, they do wood carving, and that's, like, what the whole town is. So it was, like, one of the places we stopped. And so this is hand carved. And they... Um, I have another one. <laughs> uh, this kind of reminds me, in the best way, of The Glass Menagerie. Are you familiar with this play? I know the name, but I don't know it. Well, the the girl in it, uh, Laura, has a collection of tiny animals, and they are like her friends. Oh, cool. They are like her whole world and her people. And that was me for a while. Yeah. Um, but basically, they look kind of like this. They are in a little machine. It's a circle of wood, mm-hmm. and they cut little dents into the side of it, and then they chop it up so like, these are what the pieces look like after they've been chopped. Cool. And then they hand carve it to look like a little animal and paint it. Nice. So it's all handmade. It's a little goat. It's really cool. Um, yeah. Did you take these out and set them all up and arrange them? I think they were on my shelf for a long time. But I had this. This jar is like three years older than, I think I put them in there pretty quickly because I already had this jar. Um but a lot of it's just like toys from Kinder Eggs because this is a, a little giraffe. When you pull its butt, it gets a straight neck. Oh, my gosh. That's great. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it's a little bit like a boner. When yeah. You, yeah. A little bit. 
It looks um, like, yeah, it's very practiced to kegels. Um, that's the moon. What else we got? Uh, let's see. There's a little tree. These are all hand-carved. You oh, can that's see beautiful. That. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. That was also in Ger from Germany? Yeah, these this are all, all are. Yeah. yeah. This all are. This all are. So, um, so, emotionally, like, does taking them out and, and looking at all of them bring you back to the place where you were at that time? I re yeah, I actually remember this with the woodshop very well. I had such a fun time there, and it was like a little factory, basically, but everyone was like older. It was mostly just people who'd been doing this their whole life, and we got to tour around it, and then there was a little gift store at the, store at the end. Um, I just remember being in such awe of handmade stuff, because I feel like everything we had when we were kids for me, was, like... Mass-produced. Yeah, like, little plastic doohickeys that were all, like, would fall apart right away. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have a affinity for wood. <laughs> <laughs> Boys. Um, and <laughs> I, I just really enjoyed it. It was one place where I was, like, this is the kind of thing I want to see when I'm going to a new place is, like, mm -hmm. where their industry is, basically. Because hmm. it was. Like, they made, like, stuff to sell in Christmas markets and stuff like that. They would, like, ship out for Christmas markets. And I mean, I find it really interesting that, especially because you're, I mean, you don't have a lot of clutter. I feel like you don't, you're pretty good at paring down your physical, like, material stuff. Yeah. And the fact that you ha you were having, you were miserable in Germany on this trip, so homesick, so far away, that you still made an effort to, like, collect and bring back a piece of it. Um, so I don't know what the point is there. <laughs> I feel like that is me as a person. I have had an emotionally difficult life, but I have, like you described at the beginning, I just feel like I've always felt this feeling of, like, things are supposed to be better than this. And so I look for the silver lining in any situation I'm in. I look look for the thing I can enjoy because if I'm going to be there for 40 days or 33 days or whatever, it's like, what's my choice? It. My mom had to save all this money to fly me out here. I'm not going home. Like, I can't, like, get on another right. plane and go home. And so it's like my goal was to find a way to make this trip enjoyable for myself. And I think there were moments, I mean, especially more towards the end once I was staying on homestay, like I was having a much better time because I was around Germans a lot more often and they mm -hmm. were all very kind and welcoming and her parents were awesome. And mm -hmm. uh, both her siblings just loved the crap out of me and we'd watch SpongeBob SquarePants. And, <laughs> and toward the end of it, did you, like having found... Uh, these people who appreciated you and treated you well uh, toward the end, was it difficult for you to reintegrate back into the U.S.? I don't remember. I have no idea. Do you still uh, keep in touch with them at all? I'm friends with my first host sister on Facebook and uh, her best friend. So my first host partner's name was Catherine. And her, oh my gosh, um, I see her name all the time, Claudia. And Claudia, I'm friends with them on Facebook. Claudia just got married. Um, so that's pretty cool. But I, I haven't found Fronica. Oh, Froni. Froni. Oh, I look for her. Well, it's kind of like a microcosm of your stay on planet Earth, you know? Yeah. You're, you're here, you may as well make the best of it. Yeah. Uh, but it's, um, I didn't know about your Germany trip. 
I didn't. <clears throat> I wasn't. A, I wasn't aware that that's. I didn't know that you knew German. Do you speak it fluently or? No, I. <laughs> I can recognize words, and I remember a few things, but I didn't stick with it. I wish I had. Yeah. I, I took it for a year or two in college, but I also took Spanish in college because I was very ambitious, <laughs> um, which is really hard, by the way, to learn. You get all the link. Like, they're not at all similar, and I just got words confused and stuff because it was that part of my brain mm -hmm. I was using. But I didn't like the teacher that's taught German at my college, and so I ended up quitting that and switching to Spanish because it wasn't fun for me okay, anymore. Okay, I've forgotten all of my Spanish. I took it for, like seven or eight years and yeah. my vocabulary has disintegrated. But um, when you said, I thought it was interesting that you you bring up this thing about uh, like not bothering to get into a relationship with somebody while you're over there because it's only gonna end in sadness. Um, and yet you did have this crush. I mean, I think <laughs> yeah. based on what I know about you that you were a person who always was crushing on someone. Oh, yeah. see, always be always crushing. be crushing. Always right. be crushing. That's right. Um, because you, like me, I feel like find the beauty in the indulgence of something like that, even though it is painful. It's like a delicious mm -hmm. kind of pain. Yeah. Yeah. I Andrew was just another American on the trip, but he was kind, and that was ten, that tended to be where my crushes came from was someone who extended. That's <laughs> so sad. I know. It was just like people who extended kindness to me, I tended to be. That's not sad. That's rare at our age. No, I know. Kids are it's fucking it's cool. great. But like I, what I'm saying, it's, it's sad that like kindness is so rare that. <laughs> yeah, that's our barometer. That's for, our barometer for crushing on yeah. someone. <laughs> um, but uh, do you mind if I read no, the, no, no, uh, no. this thing? Because it's. Uh, I mean, I was mad most of the time I was on this trip, but there was. Uh, there were these glimmers of hope, and this reminds me of that C kindness and Andrew. Uh, this is from the 20th. We're on a bus again. 420, baby. 420. We had Hitler's a moment. Birthday. What? Nothing. It was Hillary's birthday. Go fuck yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> we had a moment, Sam and I, in the mountains on the way to the Riviera from Florence, through the Tuscan terraced crops, through the tunnels in the mountains. Everyone slept soundly, but I was, of course, awake. I never get sick of these green rolling mountains. They remind me of Switzerland and Jordan and the sweet pea green eyes. For a while, it was just me and Duncan Sheik and the stunning, and the stunning drops on either side of the bus. Then, out of the corner of my eye, I saw Sam stir and silently waited for him to notice the surroundings. He was soon drawn in, as I had been, and we swiveled our heads in rhythm to see both sides of the mountain pass. We watched each other in sideways glances and took hints from each other in a silent, knowing way when a particularly beautiful postcard view appeared on one side or the other. Everyone slept on, and I felt the sweet, nervous quivering of the moment, a heightened tension from the altitude and the energy understood between two silent people on a bus watching a work of art spin by. Duncan Sheik cooed in both ears. Uh... I have not thought of that name in so long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> After some minutes, Sam touched my shoulder lightly and leaned into me. He whispered, I think we're the only ones catching all this. And as he said, it's gorgeous, I simultaneously breathed, it's unbelievable. And we smiled knowingly and went back to enjoying, now together together instead of alone together. When everyone else awoke, having missed the very best of the views, they ooed and awed loudly about the mountains, breaking the silence... Uh, and the moment, but not, I think, the shared understanding and awe of my fellow spectator and me. I offered him a piece of gum, and he nodded and smiled in thanks. 
Aww. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Is he your crush? I never, no, he wasn't actually. He was just a nice person. Just a nice he was person. just a nice person who was like, and he went on to go to, I think, uh, Annapolis. Like, he did something military. Mm. Um, very fine, upstanding citizen. Mm. Uh, quiet, understated citizen who was like, just seemed ha- like to have that older, wiser quality yeah. that was so hard to find. It was so rare. Yeah. It's a special someone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes it like it, traveling abroad is such an incredible experience. But at that age, it is very hard. I think until you're in your 20s, even in your 20s, it's hard. But like, damn. So it's just nice to find someone that's like, I get it. You're struggling. I'm struggling. Let's just struggle together and have fun. Yeah. 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 It's always helpful. No expectation. Just... Well, struggle. Yeah, I always had expectations. United That's struggle. Fucking problem. United struggle. The United struggle brothers. Yes, USB. Yes. That's what it actually is. It's uh, that's what USB stands for. Yeah. Veronica, um, since you've you've listened to this podcast so much, I'm curious uh, if you had anything that you wanted to share or cover or say now that you're in front of the microphone. And if you don't, that's fine because hmm. you can come back. But. I'd love to. Um, I think, uh, I don't know. I guess for me, nostalgia has never been a very pleasant thing. Right. Um, but I'm, as I get older and I'm dealing, I'm feeling so much love and appreciation for that little girl that I was mm-hmm. and just like, uh, the silver, like the, I am an eternal optimist. And even when things were really bad, I just didn't ever feel like it was forever. And so I think in a way, nostalgia has a different place for me. Like now I'm at that place where I just can be like really proud and just want to like go back and give that person a hug and be like, I see what you are doing. Like, Aww. I see that you are just struggling and trying to push through this and in a way, that's I'm very thankful for who I am today, and I don't think that I would have just the patience or the compassion or the empathy that I have if it wasn't for all of those experiences. And I think that my alienness doesn't feel like making doesn't make me feel like an outsider so much as it makes me feel like someone special, which is absolutely true and I think it's so amazing how you can embrace your younger self and not be disappointed in or have any like disdain for or you know roll your eyes at like you're just and but you do have this and you just you did just post about this on Facebook with that stupid <laughs> Sarah Ha thing which I will never do because it sounds like a nightmare having people <laughs> anonymously leave feedback Phil did it too they told me but, to give up yeah somebody told Phil to give up Wait. I also got some very nice. I know, but stuff like, too. who the? I would never. Anyway, so, but you said that somebody mentioned about how you were like a mother, how you're like an eternal. You have a mother, mothering quality about you. <laughs> well, that or, wasn't the intention of what they wrote. Oh, they literally just wrote, "You are my birth mother." <laughs> wow! Now you have to go on a road trip to find out who you mothered. Well, but I mean, I like the idea of you as a maternal figure because you are that for me here in L.A. for sure. And uh, I think you do a good job of doing that to your younger self and providing like a really um, 
solid, um, grounded, you know, compassionate role model for yourself. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I think recently I've been really identifying the way that I connect with other people and trying to uh, be a little clearer about it with myself just in my own head Mm -hmm. so I can be more present. And I've just noticed that a lot of it feels like a lot of the caretaking is not the right word, but just like the love that I have for other people comes from this place of understanding having been in worse places. Mm -hmm. And so when I talk to people that are just like in a hard place or going through something or whatever, it's like, I just like, I love the people in my life so deeply. Like, I love you so deeply. Like, I, I love you too. Yeah. And I feel so lucky to get to know the people that I get to know. And so it feels like a lot of the chances that I get to speak to people in that intimate way is a, a chance. It's like a redemption a little bit for myself of that feeling of like, I wish someone had been able to tell me that when I was going through it, you know, mm-hmm. just that feeling of like, there is a silver lining and this is temporary. Like I, the goodness in you is so much bigger than the darkness that surrounds you right now. And that is like the advice I want to remember to give myself when I'm in a bad place. Mm -hmm. Like just constantly remember that the goodness stretches to the ends of the world and further. It stretches forever. And I believe that of all of my friends, like their goodness is so immersive and contagious And when there's a dark cloud, it's hard to like look that far. It's hard to realize that like, I just have to get through this and then there's goodness again. And you have so much evidence. So you have physical evidence that you have, that you can get through that cloud, that the cloud is temporary and you survived it. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a, I feel like you lived a lot of your lowest lows, like you've already gotten them out of the way. Whereas for some (laughs) of us, the worst is maybe yet to come. So. Don't say that. <laughs> Listen, our parents are going to die hopefully before we do. You know what I mean? So that's going to be, I'm just going to keep you around. Keep me around. I'm going to keep you around. And I'm going to give you a present. Oh. You're getting a present now. You're getting a present now. Okay, this so. Is... <laughs> My friend Mallory uh, Graysonen, I don't know if she listens, but she's been on this podcast before Hi, and Mallory. she's great. You've met her actually. Um, she visited briefly. She's in Sleep No More in New York. Anyway, yes, she told me, um, I think it was her mother who told her to imagine uh, a star over her head whenever she's walking around or and that it would that it helps her to feel better or more alive or more special or more or like, I don't know. And now whenever I see her, I see that star oh. over her head. So for you. That's so sweet. I have this homemade Christmas ornament or whatever window charm thing that is a yellow star. It's made out of clay. I think I used the cookie cutter because it actually looks like a cookie. It does look like a cookie. I love it. (laughs) And it's painted yellow and it's got these like ridged outline lines and it's on a gold thread and you can hang it. Oh, I already know where I'm putting it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And I get to visit it every... See, now you have to put it up because I live with you and I'm going to check on it. even... (laughs) It's gonna. I already know where I'm putting it. This is so great. Perfect. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. Can Thanks. I show you? I'm gonna show yeah. you one more thing yeah, really yeah. quick. Yeah. This was. Uh, I'll just show you one thing from it. This is a scrapbook I made for sixth grade. Um, and Beautiful. <laughs> just purple cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Purple was my favorite color. Um, this is. Just, I just want to show you what I look like in sixth grade. This is me. Oh, <laughs> oh girl, you had to go through it. Wait, can I, can I hold that up next to your face, please, so I can take a picture of oh. it? Oh, that's it. Yes. 
loving your younger self. Man, that's hard. She's a goofball. She. I have another picture of me dancing. <laughs> nice. Look at this little kid. Look how cute she is. Ugh. Uh, we should have known each other back then. Yeah. Oh, and underneath there's a caption that says, me rocking. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> I had such long hair. My mom would braid it. Well, now your hair is super cropped and great. Because now I am fully myself. That's right. And you have dinosaurs and birthday cake on your t-shirt. So what more is required? I don't know. Not much. Much. Wish there was a little less sweat, but other than that, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah my yeah. boob sweat is fierce it's, today. It's pretty intense for me too right now. <laughs> I'm wearing jeans. You dingy? Mm. Yeah, you dingy. A little bit of dingy sweat. I have a little bit of dingy sweat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and on that note, Veronica Gruba. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, I love so you much. both so much. Love we love you too. too, and we are very lucky to live with you. Oh, yeah. and, I'm so lucky. Uh, I. Uh, Is there anything that you're doing that you would like to plug? Oh, yes. Okay. Excellent. Uh, I mean, not an event, but I just launched my website, veronicagruba.com. Amazing. Congrats. Thank you. Um, And I'm just going to use that for my writing. I'm trying to get back into writing prose because that is something that is uh, amazing, and I love it. I like my voice. And uh, you can follow me at VTown on Twitter and Instagram. Oops. Sorry. <laughs> Continue. That's so romantic for a second. Um, yeah. Twitter and Instagram at VTown. And uh, if you're in LA, I'm on a couple teams. Totally Heather. Yeah. Tyrant. Trappist One. And Rebel Without Applause. Uh, nice. And I you're like the best. Name. I love you guys. I love you. Treasure what got you here. Yes. Good night, guys. I want to say good night. Whoa. <laughs> Maybe they're listening to it before bed. Enjoy your afternoon as well. Hello, I'm Ben. As always, I'm Paul. And we're from Juicy Reviews. We have a podcast where we like to talk and review movies, maybe bring on a wacky character from that movie, and always play some games. We like some games. I actually brought a clip, Paul. Wait, you brought a clip? I brought a clip. Can I listen? Yeah. I look mad young, right? Yeah, yeah. you look young in the movie. and uh, I hooked up with a bunch of the young chicks at the movie. Oh, you know what? You know what? It's not illegal if you're a police officer. And, and, I believe that, And this yeah. is something I wanted to bring up since you're here. Sure. Tell us about all the hookups on set. Oh, my God. Who's Aren't, hooking up with who? Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So, like, there's, like, these, like, Asian girls in the movie. Right. They play, I, the twins, I right? triple kissed them. Okay, oh. a little triple kiss. Triple that way kissed. you didn't get confused if it was Rachel or Rebecca. Yeah, 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 exactly. I was like, oh, whatever, and I triple kissed them. Was, was that offset or on camera, or, and they got cut out maybe? or? Oh, the, I didn't do it on camera for sure. Okay. I would never, because, you know what I mean, That's I could get in a lot of trouble for that. They, I, don't, I don't know how old they are. I can never tell with them. But uh, who else? Let me see. Cecily, the girl. Yeah, I chalked, I, I chalked her. You chalked her? What, <laughs> I chalked what is, her. What is chalking? That's when you kind of forcibly kiss someone. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production.